Are you sick and tired of your business computer guy? Does he take forever to call you back and respond to your request? Are you paying him good money to keep things working, but there are still constant problems, slowness, and other recurring issues? Are you worried he's not backing up and securing your network? And does your head hurt from having all these issues to deal with? If this describes you, please be sure to call my good friend Matthew Odom of Heritage Digital at 843-664-8989. Heritage Digital is an IT firm that specializes in safely securing and managing your business IT network. Whether you have one employee or 500, Heritage will make sure that your business isn't bogged down by IT issues impacting your security, productivity, and most importantly, your profits. Heritage Digital will perform a no-cost IT assessment and ask you all the right questions to make sure your IT network works correctly all the time, and it's for one low monthly fee. This is a turnkey solution, folks. And with clients from South Carolina to California, Heritage has you covered. So if you're sick and tired of the constant computer and network issues, call Matthew Odom of Heritage Digital today at 843-664-8989 and get rid of all the issues negatively impacting your business once and all and forever. 843-664-8989, heritagedigital.com. Rock and roll. It's your daily dose of all things Gamecocks on the Inside the Gamecocks podcast. Here's J.C. Sherwood. Inside the Gamecocks podcast, J.C. Sherwood here with you. Happy July 4th. Folks, or hope you had a good July 4th. I know I did. Uh, my apologies for not uh, being with you. A lot going on. Uh, prepping to do this every day. Uh, big spur stuff, Carolina Rise stuff, and uh, a lot going on personally, too. So uh, just been um, one of those things. want to thank Heritage Digital, uh, all, as always, and, and all of our sponsors here for, for keeping it afloat. We all sort of knew June was going to be a light month with the podcast, but uh, and I keep saying this, and then things keep coming up. But uh, definitely going to make more podcasts happen, and then by the end of the month, uh, we'll be here uh, daily uh, streaming, and then of, of course it'll be archived. Uh, we'll have another sort of short daily thing where we'll get you up in the morning and get you going, and uh, as we continue to kind of build out this. Um, Game Cost Podcasting Network here on Inside the Game Cost Podcast. Uh, also, want to let you know, uh, going to have some podcast uh, T-shirts available to purchase uh, if you'd like to support the podcast and Carolina Rise, uh, Carolina by uh, NIL Collective for the Game Cost. That's going very well. Uh, go to CarolinaRise.com to get involved. Eighteen oh one Club is hot right now. We have a few more spots left where if you're in for ten dollars a month, you get a free koozie. We sell the koozies. Uh, we've got other gear coming, but uh, with Inside the Gamecocks, we'll have some some kind of unique shirts uh, when we get the live thing going, and, and you guys can support us that way. We split the profits on that uh, with Carolina Rise, so you're helping student athletes and you're helping us. Then the, the Carolina Rise specific stuff all goes to the collective. Um, speaking of NIL. Planning on having Hillary Cox from the University of South Carolina on as a guest next week to kind of explain NIL. The state law has changed, and the Gamecocks USC can bring a lot of this in-house. I had a meeting about this last week, which is one of the reasons she didn't get a podcast. Uh, and uh, 
it went quite well. We're going to work with USC as close as we possibly can uh, on all this stuff now that it's legal and uh, very excited about the synergies and possibilities there with Carolina Rise uh, and the actual university. You know, uh, with a media outlet like the Big Spur, you have to keep that separately, of course, because the Big Spur covers recruiting, blah, 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 blah. But uh, with a collective now, with the way the laws are shaped, uh, you, you, know, you can work together. So that's good. Always glad to work. Hillary will be on next week. Uh, also, Phil Mullinax is coming uh, as the co-host. Pro Phil, that's what we call him, Pro Phil. Um, I don't know how that came about. My buddy Skipper came up with that for, for Phil from back in the day. Longtime friend of mine. Uh, I think he's going to be a tremendous co-host and some of you out there have said I need a co-host because I just kind of go on and ramble and stuff like that and that's fine um but uh gonna be a great co-host we're gonna have Phil on uh, one of these episodes just so you guys can start start getting uh, acquainted with him he'll be on every day with me uh moving forward so um so that'll be good that'll be good you know daily show Monday through Friday uh obviously there'll be vacations and stuff so it won't be every single day uh, and with that, you know, we have more advertising inventory. So if you're interested in advertising with us, uh, certainly uh, send us an email inside the Gamecocks at gmail.com. So that, that's all some house cleaning stuff. Tell you what to expect moving forward. Um, what we're going to do today, because the mailbag obviously is packed, uh, we're going to go. Um, I'm going to mention some recruiting stuff that happened. Obviously, there's been a lot of news since then. Um, going to talk a little about college football expansion and conference realignment. It's going to be on the shorter side today, uh, time-wise, because I'm going to come right back at you with the rest of the mailbag, more in-depth thoughts uh, about this crazy uh, expansion deal. Uh, In case you haven't noted, uh, you didn't know UCLA and Southern Cal announced they were leaving the Pac-12 for the Big Ten and all hell broke loose. Um, And, of course, that affects the Gamecocks because – uh, will the SEC expand further? What will happen to Clemson? You know, those are all relevant uh, questions when you're talking about the competitive landscape uh, for the Gamecocks. So we'll do with that. Recruiting going well, though, as we transition uh, into the what we usually call the analysis segment here. We're going to analyze it a little bit. And I did want to mention that uh, this segment's brought to you by uh, Cindy Searfoss of Caldwell Banker Kane. Uh, Cindy has been in the upstate for 35 years, married to a diehard Gamecock fan, and would love to help you with any of your real estate needs. Contact Cindy, 864-414-5271 or Searfoss, C-S-E-A-R-F-O-S-S at cbkane.com, C-B-C-A-I-N-E.com. Right there in my hometown of Spartanburg, Daniel Morgan Avenue. Uh, Spartanburg County, Greenville County, wherever, if you're moving to the upstate, which a lot of people are, uh, Cindy is your connection to a crazy real estate market. Had, had a couple of listeners moving back, moving back to the motherland um, that said, uh, you know, they contacted Cindy and she helped them out. So that's the power of advertising, the power of inside the Gamecocks. So, uh, please be sure to patronize her Heritage Digital. I help consulting, uh, and then hopefully we get a few more in here. Um, and they, they're all there. All there will also probably be uh, some NIL situations there with the podcast uh, in terms of players 
promoting other businesses and stuff. Tony Pope State Farm Insurance, too. I don't want to forget about him. Uh, he uh, sponsored, and that is an NIL deal. Uh, he sponsors this, and also we have him on JC and Morgan. So I want to thank Tony Pope, uh, State Farm Insurance. You'll hear the commercial later. Guys, he can write insurance in Georgia, South Carolina, North Carolina. If you're giving uh, your State Farm money to a Bulldog and you're a Gamecock and live in Georgia, uh, why not just uh, or, or your insurance money, car insurance money, whatever, life insurance, financial products, uh, switch it on over to Tony Pope. He's legal to write in all three states and all that. Probably won't, actually, probably won't play his commercial analysis for the press for time, uh, but go to TonyPope.com uh, for all the information on how to, you know, get involved with him, support him as a Gamecock, long time, big time Gamecock, one of the greatest human beings I know. Uh, based out of Somerville, they have locations in the Charleston area. But like I said, he can ride all over the state, right in North Carolina, and ride insurance in Georgia as well. Uh, so kind of a regional insurance guy. Um, and like I said, I lived in Georgia for a while. A uh, lot of great Bulldogs down there I was friends with, hung out with a couple this weekend. Uh, but then there's a lot of folks that, that kind of ostracized uh, yours truly and, and a lot of other people that are from South Carolina over there. So if you just want to say, hey, I'm not doing business with this person anymore, we'll do insurance, go to Tony Pope. All right, I've rambled there about advertisers enough. <laughs> uh, didn't want to hit you with all that right away. All right, so recruiting. Um, Gamecocks are now up to 13 commits, uh, five from the state. They're doing really well in the state of Florida. I have some nice players from Georgia. Uh, Grayson Howard, Pup Howard, uh, four-star linebacker from Andrew Jackson High School in Jacksonville. Carolina beat Florida head-to-head -head with him. He's 6'2", 223. Some, some folks out there at other schools that have recruited him think he's going to grow into an edge. That's not necessarily Carolina's feeling on it uh, at the moment. But at 223 pounds right now, you know, you go into college, training table, uh, the weight program under Luke Day, I mean, you may put on 17 pounds just of muscle. Uh, and then obviously brings it with 250 pounds. So I think, you know, if, if that happens, you know, he could be like a guy like Melvin Ingram that made a transition from backer to having his hand in the dirt. He's quick twitch. He ran four or five at Florida State's camp as an underclassman. So he's got speed. He plays nasty. Um, or he could be Jasper Brinkley, who was a 250-pound linebacker. Some guys, sometimes you just have a 250-pound linebacker. I mean, that is it's the dangest thing, but uh, you do it. Uh, the other four-star linebacker from uh, Florida that committed on the 4th of July, Jaden Robinson. Uh, now, this is going to be interesting because I think the coaching staff, or I know the coaching staff, uh, always glad to have him. They, they offered him 16 months ago. Um 6'1", 215, he's how you draw him up. Fast guy, headhunter. Um, but Florida, which is long, had a pipeline into that school, Lake City, Columbia, offered him the day before he commits. And so are they going to probably – you know, and depending on how they do it, are they going to be very aggressive trying to flip him? Uh, are they going to kind of be like Auburn a few years back? I think Carolina got a kid out of Alabama, Auburn offered the next day. Uh, but then kind of backed off. I mean, I don't know. I don't know what their plan is. I know that their fans aren't too happy with their recruiting right now. Um, but Jaden Robinson, another four-star linebacker. So what this does, 
Uh, and in case you didn't notice, Donovan Westmoreland, who the Carolina who Carolina got out of last year's class, who was committed to Georgia before, uh, I guess it was a flip. Georgia kind of backed off a little bit, uh, which I think unfortunately stigmatized the kid. I don't think that that's fair, but it stigmatized him. But anyway, he moved to a four-star rating when the 24-7 sports composite started including on three rankings. Uh, and a lot of other guys did too, Landon Sampson, Anthony Rose all in that 2022 class are now four stars. But what this does, the Gamecocks, and I can't remember if they've done this before or not, because so many of South Carolina's linebackers that have been good, you know, the past couple of decades have sort of come from nowhere. I mean, Brinkley, Jasper Brinkley, I mentioned, was a, you know, Juco guy that some people thought was a four-star guy. Um, And it'll be the three – and was really good. Sky Moore, obviously a low four-star kid, high three-star out of South Florida. You know, TJ Brunson was a, one of the lowest-ranked players in the 2016 class. Or same with Ernest Jones. You know, so when Carolina has had good linebackers, that they've been a little bit under the radar uh, and not ranked very highly. And, and this is a change uh, because Howard and Robinson, four-star kids out of Florida. You know, and for those of you that think, hey, the key is to land elite talent out of other states, here you go. I mean, it's not like these kids didn't have in-state offers. I mean, Howard had Clemson, Florida, whoever he wanted. You know, Robinson had LSU, I think. Uh, you know, legit on-paper prospects. Uh, and then you combine that with Donovan Westmoreland, who had a really good spring uh, as an inside linebacker and also uh, – you know, like I said, Georgia wanted him, uh, and he had a pretty extensive offer list. I think Tennessee and Florida were sniffing around about him. And then, of course, Stone Blanton, four-star player out of Mississippi, is coming in this summer. So that's four linebackers over two classes that are ranked among the best in the country. So you kind of kind of think, well, at least two of these guys will probably pan out. Um, so that's exciting. You know, Dontavious Braswell, uh, and look, I'm not a fan of how he handled his recruitment, uh, but I haven't heard. There's no red flags with, with him that I've heard uh, in terms of him, you know, because a lot of times kids that do stuff like this, they don't, they end up not panning out because they don't want to work, that kind of thing. Uh, but four star running back out of uh, Sandersville, Georgia, Washington County, Waco, they call it, uh, blinding speed, uh, I think is a better back than Trayon Webb. Well, you know, he allegedly eliminated the Gamecocks, announced the top four of Alabama, Oregon, Boston College, and uh, Nebraska, after everybody thought it was a Nebraska-Carolina deal following his visit. Well, come to find out, it was, you know, and and he just was, I guess, for lack of a better term, playing games. Now, I hope this isn't a trend with recruits, uh, because we're very good to recruits when we cover them. We don't ruin their moment. I mean, we don't even, when, when there's a welcome home at South Carolina, you know, we get tipped off as to who it is, but we don't put in, we, we, we even hold the crystal ball predictions, right? Uh, as far as TBS and our staff at the Big Spur. So, you know, we're good about not ruining kids' moment, that kind of thing. But, but you start doing stuff like this, and this become. I mean, this becomes the, a trend with the recruits. It, it's, at that point, it's every man for himself. Well, there's intentional, you know, misinformation. But I, I, I'm going to give the kid a benefit of the, of the doubt. I think he thought he was being funny, 
we were all in high school once and the things I thought was were funny back then are not funny anymore. Uh, so uh, we'll go with that. But as far as a pickup goes, big pickup for Montario Hardesty. It's his first high school running back. He's landed at South Carolina. Uh, like I said, I like him better than Webb. He's got breakaway speed. Um, he's get stronger, uh, but a really, really good pickup, you know, coming off his official visit, which was good a few, a few, uh, you know, a while back. You know, you got C.J. Adams, Connor Cox. Uh, uh, C.J. Adams is a wide receiver. Uh, I, I mean, I'm sorry. I talked about Connor Cox already. C.J. Adams, wide receiver from Pebble Brook High in Mableton, Georgia. I think it's Gwinnett County. That school traditionally isn't all that good at football. I mean, like some of the Gwinnett schools are where they play 7A. They're a basketball school. He plays basketball. You watch him on film, he reminds you of Brian Edwards a lot. You know, so so keep an eye on him moving forward. I think that when you sort of look at the receiver board, there's a lot of speed right now. And, and this guy has enough speed, but he's also a big body guy that can play what, what's called the wide back position, which is where Jaheim Bell is going to play this year. So, you know, who's going to take Jaheim Bell's place down the road? You know, I don't know about next year, but, but C.J. Adams, you know, when you watch the way he plays, that's certainly – you know, a fair comparison. They got uh, Cameron Upshaw is already committed. So you got Judge Collier, uh, Rock Hill D back. I think I mentioned him, Cameron Sadlin from Anniston. The other kind of surprise was Isaiah Jada uh, from Snow College in Utah, 6'6", 310. He's from San Diego. So uh, we talk about geographic diversity. You know, there's a California kid. Um, was about 340 out of high school, moved well for 340, moves great now at 310 uh, and helps on the offensive line. As far as everything else goes, you know, South Carolina is going to sign a big offensive line class this year. I think we all know that. Uh, the need right now is at edge. Uh, Shandamian Bradley is still in play. Uh, Montague Reigns from Sumter, I think, is a lean to the Gamecocks right now. He's an edge. But they need more. They lost J. Bron Harvey to North Carolina, which was not a welcome development, but he's an in-state kid up there, and they're still an issue. But uh, Carolina needs to find some edge guys in this class because, you know, if things go as planned and Jordan Strong and Jordan Birch have a good year, you know, they could be gone. Uh, and then, you know, you've got guys like Tyree Johnson and Gilbert Edmond, and then Terrell Dawkins is a player that, that they're really high on, but you're getting kind of thin uh, at, at edge as far as pure pass rushers from the end goes. Gamecocks uh, recruiting ranking stands at 30 overall uh, with, you know, 13 commits and one, two, three, four, five of them are four stars. Uh, Isaiah Jada out of Juco does not have a rating right now. Uh, it's probably dragging it down a little bit, but, you know, 30th right now, you're in striking distance. You've got miles to go. Uh, and some players that are pretty highly rated coming in. Yeah, it has to be a little frustrating, though, because it, it seems like, you know, the last couple of years, if you follow the numbers and the rankings, it's like what, what does it take for a South Carolina commit to be considered, you know, not a, a lowest of four stars, you know? <laughs> uh, and I don't know. Dylan Lonergan also – uh, is a quarterback that has that kind of 95-ish rating. Uh, he's set to decide here within the next week. 
you know, the Gamecocks are still my crystal ball pick, but I'll admit with him, you know, there is some question. Uh, the Gamecocks did get a 2024 quarterback in Dante Reno. Uh, that was coming. Uh, do yourself a favor. Go watch Reno throw the football on film. He's got uh, one of the best arms I've seen. In a, and, you know, Spencer Rattler obviously has a really good arm. Uh, but probably since Anthony Wright, at Carolina, because you know, Anthony, he could throw the ball. That's why he's in the NFL all, all that time. So, I don't know. You know, that that's a that's a pretty, you know, you, you'll see him develop. Also, his dad is the head coach at Yale, so he's a coach's kid. Uh, you know, I, if they miss on Lonergan, as good as he is, uh, Reno reclassifies. He comes in with 2023, and then you got Jalen Bradford behind him. Uh, that's at IMG from Chapin for 2024. I know this staff loves Tanner Bailey, who came in over the summer, uh, and they like Braden Davis and his upside. And then you got Luke Doty still there, and they like him too. And transfer uh, walk on from California, uh, Daniels, the big guy. I mean, so, I, you know, I, I don't know. I'm not saying that, you know, because I, I think Dylan Hunter is potentially special in football, you know, and I'm not saying that. He's a guy that uh, they don't want or don't need. Uh, I'm just saying if they lose him, you know, it's it's not catastrophic or the end of the world, you know, because if he makes the decision to go to Alabama and try to battle, you know, the, the quarterbacks they have there, Ty Simpson, Eli Holstein, that's fine. Uh, and Stanford is a life-changing opportunity, although with all the conference expansion talk, who will where will they end up? You know, will they end up in some sort of, you know, Ivy League type, you know, with Duke and Northwestern and those folks? So uh, who knows what will happen the future holds there. But, yeah, you can't blame him. And, and for what I've been told about Dylan, too, and this is why I think, you know, South Carolina has been in really good shape for Dylan Lonergan. Uh, I, I, I agree there is some question there. But this is why even if he was a solid commit, you continue to recruit quarterbacks and take commitments and get walk-ons. Uh, because he's a baseball guy. And as we found out through the years with quarterbacks, it gets difficult when you miss spring practice to go play baseball. And you only have so many hours in a week you can do both sports during that time. You know, and as complex as this offense is, you know, you really have to be an overachiever, I, I think, to do both and learn this system. Now, can he do it? Yes. You know, he's talented enough and capable enough to get that done. But we'll see what happens there. But certainly the Gamecocks are thrilled to get Reno. He's the first 2024 commit. Uh, Gamecocks have a one-man band here of uh, 17th overall. I don't know. So his rating, uh, 24-7 sports gave him the the old, uh, you know, the 90, the lowest four-star I think he's better than that. I, you know, I, I don't know where else everybody's ranked him. Twenty twenty four may be a little early, but I, I think certainly, you know, you look at him throw the ball. I mean, that kick can he can chuck it. Uh, really good arm talent. Really good arm talent. So we'll see sort of what happens there. All right, conference expansion and all this good stuff, and we do have some questions in the I Help Consulting mailbag about it. Um. You know, for a long time, folks, I, I, I sort of thought, 
you know, I'm not going to go to super conferences or, or whatever, you know. Um, and I don't know that I'm, I, I don't know that I wasn't dead wrong about that. Uh, with Southern Cal and UCLA joining the Pac-12 or joining the Big Ten, everything's out the window. I mean, and it's about adding iconic brands. Uh, and I think it's about two super conferences. And that could be, as I was talking on the radio in Tuscaloosa today, we could end up with like a North versus South kind of deal. Uh, although Southern California, UCLA or Southern California, uh, there are, there's tall Clemson may join the Big Ten, North Carolina. So, so it's not going to be totally, there's going to be some outliers. You know, who knows? The SEC may add Colorado. I mean, it's, it's crazy enough at this point. But, you know, I, I think what we're heading toward, folks, is, is two super conferences. Uh, and I think that what will happen within those two super conferences of 20 to 24 teams, uh, you'll almost kind of go back to the future where, you know, you're, you're yeah, you're, you're playing, trying to play everybody. <laughs> uh, and maybe like an NFL-style rotation allows you to do that. But you're going into smaller divisions. So, you know, to me, if you're South Carolina – it's either going to set up pretty nicely or pretty poorly. Like, for example, okay, there's talk the SEC, and it's been this way for years behind the scenes, and it it popped back up. Because because I'm going to tell you this, if UCLA and Southern Cal will leave the Pac-12, North Carolina will leave the ACC. Uh, and there's been talk that, you know, the ACC covets North Carolina, uh, it's a huge brand, both in the state, nationally. I mean, mainly because of basketball. Uh, they're good at all, you know, basically pretty good at all sports. I know football, you know, sometimes underachieves. Uh, whereas the uh, NC State may fit better culturally because uh, it's more of a football school, but baseball school, whatever. It, it, I mean, it's UNC, so it's a brand. Um and UNC and Duke are tied at the hip. I heard they may be willing to take Duke into the Southeastern Conference, you know, as kind of another academic school to get North Carolina. You know, so so let's say North Carolina, Virginia, Virginia Tech, and Duke are the new SEC schools, which I kind of think it would be more like Florida State, Miami, North Carolina, Duke. But you can bet your bottom dollar that if North Carolina and Duke are in some kind of 20-something team SEC, when you start thinking about pods or divisions, they're probably going to be in the same one as South Carolina. You know, and if you get the Virginia schools, that, that's probably correct. I mean, that, that's a natural place. So you're almost going back, if they raid the ACC, you're almost going back to the ACC days because you're going to be playing those teams every year. And that's good, I think, for South Carolina. Uh, you know, you're, you're probably you're probably in a sixteen pod with the twenty four league team league, you know, and, and then you play, you know, what three or four other games, or you know, who knows how what the schedule will actually look like. Uh, but that division, if it's ACC, you know, SEC, the former ACC members club, I like South Carolina's chances. Uh, because then what, what will probably happen if there's a super conference deal where it's Big Ten and SEC and then everybody else's group of five? Um, you're going to play. You're going to try to win your division. 
Uh, you're trying to get into the 18 playoff that's on, uh, you know, the SEC side of the bracket. You're going to try to play your way through. You're going to try to get to the Super Bowl of college football. Uh, just like when it was the, you know, it's like now AFC and NFC or AFL, NFL. That's a massive, massive deal, I think. Um, and look, there's nothing wrong with, with, I mean, there's nothing wrong with that, in my opinion, uh, in terms of college football evolving. Uh, I do think it sucks. It takes away some of the uniqueness of the sport. But you look at other sports, I mean, every other sport sort of plays it off the same way. I mean, you know, in pro baseball, you have series, and in pro baseball, for whatever reason, you know, these stupid one game series. Uh, whereas in, in, in college, it's double elimination until you get to the championship series, but it's still a series. You know, in pro basketball, it's a series. Uh, and in pro college basketball, it's single elimination. I, I, I kind of think, you know, there aren't 64 NBA teams, but I kind of think a single elimination NBA tournament will be a lot of fun. Um, but you play it off kind of the same in pro versus college with, with a few tweaks here and there. Uh, anyway, in most other sports, I don't have a problem. You know, I think that would be kind of fun and unique. Uh, you know, for South Carolina, it's just going to kind of depend on, well, now with a, you're, you're still in the SEC, you still get the money, but who's kind of in your little, who's in your neighborhood, right? Um, and I think that's also a way if you go super conferences and then divide it up geographically into divisions, that's also a way to bring back kind of the geographic element because look, the conference gets too big. You know, you've got, you know, you've got nothing in common with some of these other teams way across the country, that kind of thing. And, and part of what makes college football special is you usually play your neighbors. You know, historically you're playing your neighbors. And those are the games you get fired up for. Who does South Carolina get fired up for? Well, Clemson and Georgia. It's your neighbor, neighbor across the river, neighbor up the road. Uh, a lot of Gamecock fans don't like North Carolina and NC State because they're right up there. Uh, so that's that's kind of my take on it. We'll see sort of what happens. Um, but yeah, I, I was I, I don't I no longer think that the possibility of two super conferences and everybody else is relegated to second class status. I no longer think that's a crazy idea because things are happening too fast and the Los Angeles schools bolting the Pac-12. I don't, I don't see how the Pac-12 recovers. I could care less if they merge with the Big 12. I could care less if those teams join the Big 12. You know, the ACC, uh, in all its wisdom, continues to screw its members because they made everybody sign a deal through 2036, which is really hard to get out of. Uh, I think they're delusional about Notre Dame. Now, they may make Notre Dame an offer they can't refuse. They may say, look, Notre Dame, you join our conference. We're going to give you twice the revenue of everybody else, blah, blah, blah. Uh, you know, but, but that league continues to make crazy decisions, and, and that was a crazy decision. And, you know, just kind of like the decision they made when Florida State and Miami joined the league, they, they were guessing that Florida State and Miami would win those divisions every year. They put them in opposite uh, ends. They still are. And, and they went, oh, we'll, we'll play our championship game in Tampa, Jacksonville. Well, then you get – Virginia Tech, Boston. You get Georgia Tech, Wake Forest in Jacksonville. You get Virginia Tech, Boston College Part One, I think, in Tampa. Virginia Tech, Boston College Part Two in Jacksonville, uh, and then I think they went back to Tampa and got Georgia Tech, Clemson, 
and had a pretty good crowd. Then they're like, oh, we're going to move to Charlotte. It's been in Charlotte ever since. And, you know, he had a Pittsburgh-Wake Forest battle with Bank of America last year. You know, uh, and, and so I, I think that conference in particular, and I, and I know because Clemson's in the ACC and because the Gamecocks do have a history with those folks, a lot of people just hate the league. I don't. I think there's good fans in that league. I grew up in the upstate. You know, those Jefferson Pilot games sometimes that were on between Virginia and, and Wake or whoever, it would be pretty good. You watch Spurrier coach Duke back then. Um, I think South Carolina's in a much better position being in the SEC right now, especially with all the uncertainty. But, you know, I think that, uh, you know, that league – you know, although I don't hate it, uh, I continue to see them screw the pooch across the board. And it's sad. It's sad because uh, not every school in that league cares about football, but all of those schools in that league care about sports, you know, and whether it's basketball, baseball, whatever. Uh, And so, unfortunately, uh, my belief right now is if, Schools start making a move, North Carolina, Notre Dame, Clemson, Florida State, whoever starts making a move elsewhere, then, you know, you got a program like Georgia Tech, which won a national championship in 1990, and another one, I think, earlier that used to be an SEC powerhouse, uh, probably going group of five, you know, probably going group of five. And uh, that's an example, too, that Georgia Tech situation of be careful what you try to do when you think outside of the box because they they the Paul Johnson thing was like a nuclear bomb. You know, he won. He went to bowls, you know, won some ACC titles. Uh, as teams like Clemson figured out his offense and he had no talent because he refused to recruit, uh, you know, they – had some ugly games. Well, then he left a Southern Conference roster there for Jeff Collins, who's probably not the guy to coach his way out of it. He's more of a recruiter. Um, And Collins is uh, struggling. And, uh, you know, the the sad thing about them is when you look at their stadium when they play Georgia this year, uh, and I've been to that game, and, you know, they're usually usually 50-50. You know, let's not kid ourselves, but, you know, Tech had nobody there. It was almost all Georgia and a blow, another 50-something point blow. I mean, you know, it's bad on the plains right now. And that's a school that's had championship aspirations in football, baseball, and men's basketball recently and great history and tradition. So that's sort of the sad part about it. Now, you know, could Georgia Tech be uh, an invite to the Big Ten? Absolutely. They're, you know, if the Big Ten still wants to play this academic game or whatever, uh, absolutely. And, you know, I don't know. I remember last time all this came up, Virginia went down the road pretty far with the Big Ten. You know, so we'll see what happens uh, with all of that as far as conference expansion goes. Now, it is time for the IHOP Consulting mailbag. And there's a couple ways to get in to the IELTS Consulting Mailbag. First of all, you can tweet to me, um, and that's uh, that's what we're going to read f- today, and then we'll have maybe an email, maybe not. Um, and then uh, tweet to at the Big Spur Pod. Everybody, please go follow that. Uh, that's going to be where we're going to be streaming. Also, want didn't want to tell you this. 
go ahead and subscribe. It's free to the Big Spur YouTube page because that's where we're going to be streaming there as well. You know, maybe there's an app, maybe there isn't. Uh, who knows? Who knows uh, with that? But uh, anyway, I hope Consulting Daniel's been with me for a while. Uh, if you're a business owner, you're always looking to save time and money. I help Consulting can help you there. I helps a Gamecock owned and operated company whose only mission is to help businesses save money on expenses. Whether you think you may be paying too much for credit card processing, internet, insurance, or anything else, I help can find your business the most savings without sacrificing quality. And remember, if I help can't save your business any money, you don't pay them anything. That's right. If I help can't help your business, it's no cost to you. So call or text Daniel Owens at I help 843-372-5713 or visit ihelpconsulting.com to schedule a free consultation. That number again, 843-372-5713. I help consulting. How can I help you? So it's a tweet. It's uh at the big for pod. Um, and uh, yeah, and at inside the game at gmail.com. Sorry for that pause right there. Do need a co-host, definitely. You folks are right. So anyway, going back on the tweeter. <laughs> We're going back a ways here. So blah blah blah. And, and these are good discussions to have, you know, and I'm gonna try to answer them pretty quick. Bullheaded says, what classifies a program a program as blue blood, and can any new team become one? And with NIL, will that become obsolete? Let's say hypothetically, Georgia Tech, speaking of the devil, wins three national championships over the next 30 years. Are they now a blue blood? Um, I would consider Georgia Tech used to be a blue blood. And the thing about the blue bloods is, unless you're talking about a team like the University of Chicago from the 20s or whenever when they're in the Big Ten, or you're talking about some of the, you know, the Tulane teams that were in the SEC, uh, Suwannee University of the South was pretty good in the early 1900s. They really are the same schools. Um, you know, I, I think winning a national championship gets you to be a gets, – gets you in the club. I think if you do a Clemson's done, you, you're, you're kind of established. Because uh, you think about, you know, how people sort of looked at Clemson – before they started winning national championships again, yes, they did have one in that in 1981, but they weren't winning the. They were kind of like hoping to win the division in their in the ACC, and that just didn't register uh, nationally. Uh, but then you go and you beat Alabama twice for a national title, and you're in the playoff every year, and you're in the national championship game every year. That'll do it. So that's how they've become a blue blood, and that's really. I think, you know, because even Oregon, as successful as they've been, uh, did the Big Ten go knock down the door in Oregon? We got to have Oregon now. The the Blue Bloods are Southern Cal and UCLA, even though UCLA is, you know, at times soft as Charmin tissue. But, yeah, three national championships over 30 years would do it. Um, You know, I think playing for the national title, going to the playoff consistently, that kind of thing helps as well. Um, so NIL, I, I think gives, you know, the problem with NIL is the blue bloods are the ones with the money, you know, and, I, and I'll you know, just be frank with you here. I mean, uh, my audience with this podcast, and, uh, with the website is in the thousands. Um, it's almost, 
you know, approaching five figures combined audience. Uh, the people that have joined up Carolina Rise are in the hundreds, you know, below two right now. Um, and so, you know, that's fine. People can spend their money however they want. I don't want you to, you know, do anything you don't want to do, but other schools, you know, their collectors have 30 million in the bank. Uh, and like Tennessee, you know, and, and they're still considered somewhat of a blue blood, although they haven't won anything in a long time. Um, and, and a lot of times the map mindset of your fan base, not just giving money, but the, the mindset of your fan base uh, defines you as blue blood or not as well. Uh, golf clock, Cox, JC chances were good for Lonegren because of Manning to Texas. Uh, Manning to Texas was not a surprise, by the way. I mean, I never thought Alabama was getting him. Um, so it's kind of status quo. But like I said at the beginning, I gave you an update on Dylan. I don't know that it's going to be, you know, the game, Cox. I still think it's a strong possibility. So who knows? And I think he may be uh, announcing on CBS Sports HQ. Be sure to check that out, as we are affiliated with CBS at TheBigSport.com. Chris, no longer in St. Pete. Obviously, the offseason conversation has been about NIL for teams like Tennessee, Texas, uh, for and, uh, that have big NILs. What is that from a bunch of high-dollar donors, corporate support, or a lot of mid-level con- contributors? All of the above. Uh, all of the above. You, you, you've got high-dollar folks. You've got a lot of lower level folks and see Tennessee and Texas have a bigger fan base than a lot of schools. Uh, Tennessee's a big state. Uh, Texas obviously has a huge fan base. So there's more to go around, but uh, I'll tell you this, you know, and I was talking to a friend of mine the other day, you know, about how much money South Carolina needed with the collective, you know, a, a good number to shoot for across all sports because baseball's impacted men's basketball if you don't have NIL, you're not doing anything. You're not getting anybody. You know, the, the Gamecocks, the, there's these Gigi Jackson rumors out there. And, you know, if, if there weren't an NIL opportunity, and I'm just going to say opportunity because I don't think anybody's going to go recruit him with that, uh, there's no way he'd go anywhere. I mean, it, it, you know, basketball's gone, you know, folks. You, you're going to have to pay to play in that sport. Uh, and I know some people have like this this overwhelmingly demanding uh, expectation in basketball, and uh, you know I would encourage all those people to join Carolina Rise because that's that's going to be a big focus of of mine with my collective is basketball, men's men's basketball. Um, so yeah, it's all of the above, Chris. Uh, so spread the word, man. Spread the word. CarolinaRise.com. Uh, Gamecock Pastor. Good to read a question from him again. And this is going to kind of be it for the day. Um, of the newcomers who won the SEC championship first, Texas or Oklahoma? I think neither. Um, look at how much Oklahoma – I mean, I mean, if I had to guess with one, though, I would say I would say Oklahoma because if you want to pick one or the other, now I don't think either one. Because I, I think Oklahoma with Brent Venables there, he knows – defense he's gonna focus on it that's that's been a problem uh although bob stoops was a defensive coach you know they need to be good on defense to make things happen there's enough talent for them to get uh i i think that um you know 
how, how do you figure that? I mean, how, how does that happen? I, I don't know. If, if the league does what they think and it's not, there's no divisions, it's top two teams, you just get in the top two, top two, and, and you win, and there you go. You want it. Texas, to me, although they're assembling some talent, the problem there hasn't been talent, it's been culture. And so for me, Texas is going to get their brains beat in badly. Uh, people are talking about Texas one of the Big 12 this year. Maybe they will. Maybe they won't. It doesn't matter. They come to the NCAA. Look at what happened against Arkansas last year. You think Arkansas – Arkansas probably had as many stars uh, on their entire team combined as Texas had, you know, on its top three players on each side of the ball. Okay, that, uh, there you go. So raw talent's never been a problem. It's culture, and uh, Texas got its brain brains beat in because they just they were native both physical football team, as Lou Holtz would say. Um, and the beatings will continue until the culture improves in Austin. All right, if I missed your question, I will get to it tomorrow. Uh, I had to put something out uh, today. I, I just felt bad. Uh, but we got more coming inside the Gamecocks podcast. Uh, special thanks to IL Consulting, Cindy Searfoss, Heritage Digital, Tony Pope State Farm. Folks, CarolinaRise.com, help out the collective, help out the Gamecock players with IL opportunities. Uh, we're getting there. We've had a big few weeks as far as, you know, people are starting to understand what it is, the 1801 club. And they said $18.01 a month. Uh, get you a car magnet and put it on your car. And it's, it's not a gigantic, egregious car magnet. It kind of will fit, you know, tastefully uh, in your assortment of car magnets. Um, right below, we're on our way to see the Gamecocks play or, or whatever you put on your car when you go to the game. Uh, and tailgate, so that's very tasteful, and uh, we'll send it right to you, 1801 Club. VIP uh, tailgate tickets could be involved, special drawings, uh, that kind of thing, and we've got more stuff coming for our members of Carolina Rise uh, if they join up. Uh, also, check out my articles on thebigspur.com. Got one on Game Breakers today and a few more coming. All right. Had to get back in the swing of things today, folks, even though it's a shorter episode. I promise we'll get to all the mailbag questions tomorrow. Uh, talk more about expansion. Uh, should be a J.C. Morgan later this week. Uh, again, don't forget Hillary Cox. Talk about NIL next week. Phil Mullinax, uh, my new co-host, either the end of this week, first of next. So you get a taste of what the new show could be like uh, and all that good stuff. Uh, thank you for listening. Thank you for being a part of the Inside the Game Packs podcast. J.C. Sherbert signing off. Got to get my fat butt to the gym. So look good in those wedding pictures in a year. Talk to you soon.